ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another edition of the Burning It Down Racing Podcast. I'm Bryson Foster. I'm once again joined by my co-host, Ben Walton, and we're here to recap Throwback Weekend at Darlington, and we've got Dover coming up in Delaware. Take a look for it. Yeah, well, let's get into the action that went down at Darlington as well as in Barcelona, Spain. Children Creed would kick off the weekend with a win in the truck race that was filled with wrecks, high-octane action, and in the end, Children Creed would pull it out. Justin Allgaier would win the Xfinity Series race to follow the same theme of the truck series race of uh, being unpredictable. Uh, Mark Truex Jr. would dominate the Cup Series race. He would lead a lot of laps. And to be exact, it would be 248 laps in that race uh, to get the win. His third of the season, the only driver to have double or to have multiple wins. And Lewis Hamilton would win on some pretty crazy fuel strategy, as well as tire strategy, to beat Max Verstappen in the F1 race. Ben, thoughts on this weekend's winners and uh, some really great racing. Yeah, it was uh, good racing. Um, I love the fact that the Cup Series was back in the low downforce, higher horsepower. Uh, it was great to see. I mean, the drivers were sliding around. I mean, it looks like they really had their hands full. So that was really cool to see because the Xfinity Series has been kind of running that package. But um, I'm really glad to see the Cup Series back at it. Uh, you know, are we going to hopefully see this package in the future with the next-gen car? They haven't They haven't uh, nailed down any specific ideas on that yet bryson so what do we think um what do you think of it uh do you think they should stick with the high downforce low horsepower find a happy medium you know what do you think um i honestly feel like this package promotes the skill of the drivers rather than the machine and i think i think sometimes um you know we see the power of the car but not of the driver and, and I really think it gave the driver some of that power back. Uh, you know, you saw Kyle Larson pull off really a great move in the final closing laps as he tried to chase Martin Truex Jr. to get the win, where he uh, went through the middle of, of two cars. Uh, Ryan Newman wouldn't let him get on the bottom, so he just split the middle of them. Uh, and it was a crazy move, but it just showed how these drivers use so much skill uh, in these races. I personally really like this type of racing. I, I like they were sliding all over the track. We had some really great battles back in the pack. Uh, but I do feel like a happy medium would be way better for the sport. But personally, if it's me, I want to see this every week. Uh, I think the high horsepower, low downforce was great for the sport. Uh, and and re- really what I think I liked about it most uh, was that racing back in the pack. Uh, every position was fought for. It wasn't given. Um, so I think I think this package, for me, is the one that they should use every Sunday, especially when they go to the next gen. But I don't know if you feel feel different than me. What are you? What's your opinion on the whole matter? No, I agree pretty much. I've always been a proponent of having more horsepower, or even the fact of just trying to balance downforce and horsepower. Like I'm fine with, you know, if they want to do kind of whatever with horsepower. Sounds like they want to do kind of stay in the six five fifty to six hundred range. Like I'm okay with that. Just take away as much downforce as possible. Like you said, that puts more power to the drivers behind the wheel. You saw them sliding around a ton. Um, but again, it's, you know, with this uh, higher downforce package, 
it's makes it harder to pass. So technically, you know, the cars, we've kind of seen them be a little more close together. It's just, it's more about, they don't draft as much too. So I think that was something they were trying to do. Um, it just didn't really work out. And I mean, we saw what, what there was like nine cars in lead lap. I think the discrepancies in setup is more about balance versus arrow. Um, Cause you can see some guys like, let's say Kansas, for example, if they miss the setup, they just like don't have straight line speed or they're just, they bog down in the corners like with the with the lower downforce package like they're sideways they're loose they're tight like the handling discrepancies are a lot more which i enjoy seeing a lot more um and the sounds like you know nothing beats having a car that's just revving out at the end of the straightaway it's screaming you can get back to the gas there's not as much lag so i hope they take that consideration when they're continuing to plan out the future uh, ben, moving on, Noah Gragson had some drama from the Xfinity Series race, a third-place third finish. Looked like it was in jeopardy, uh, and then he had to fight for the finish. Ben, tell us a little bit about what went on with uh, Junior Motorsports number 9 driver Noah Gragson. Yeah, so uh, Noah was DQ'd after finishing, what was it, like second or third? Third. Uh, after the yeah, so he finished third after the Xfinity race, and he won the dash for cash. And then it turns out, let's see. Oh, so it was something to do with the suspension mounts and kind of the alignment with the rear end. So uh, NASCAR gave the dash for cash to AJ Allmendinger because he was the next guy in line. And then JRM went ahead and appealed it, and they got it overturned. So. Noah gets the dash for cash and is able to keep his, I want to say, fourth place finish. Yep. So kind of interesting. We don't really see a lot of penalties get appealed. So, but uh, good for that team. Yeah. Moving on, uh, you know, as we head into the final two races, well, before practice and qualifying, uh, return at Charlotte and Coda. So for two races, uh, Xfinity Series teams are really, you know, scrambling to make sure they have the owner's points to not only lock themselves into the two races, uh, even if they are slow on time of qualifying. But they have to make sure teams outside the top 40, such as Jordan Anderson Racing and Our Motorsports, don't get in. Uh, JD Motorsports is uh, the first notable team to make a move. Uh, they've swapped Landon Castle to the six, and Ryan Vargas will move to the four for this weekend at Dover as the six car sits 37th in points. Uh, like I said, Jordan Anderson Racing, the 31, our Motorsports Bassett Racing, uh, they all sit outside the top 40, um, and, and MBM is 40th in points. And so the whole reason why we're really talking about owner's points is because if they qualify, 36 cars will make the race on qualifying time. But if there's no qualifying, 40 cars make it. So that'll be the first 40 in points. So right now, our Motorsports, it's 30th. The 23 is way above the cut line. Mike Harmon Racing is 31st, the 47. JD Motorsports, uh, the 0 and the 15, 32nd and 33rd. SS Greenlight Racing sits in 34th with the 07. Mike Harmon Racing sits 35th in the 74. And that 36 team is the BJ McLeod Motorsports team with the 78. And then, like I said, the 6 is 37th. The uh, BJ McLeod Motorsports team is when the five is fifth, the 39th uh, team in points is the 52 of Means Motorsports. And then 40th, the last spot is MBM Motorsports at 13 car. Uh, but you got, you know, the 31 of Jordan Anderson Racing, the 03 of our Motorsports, 
uh, teams like that. So the battle for owner's points is really heating up. Um, and, you know, if you want something to watch this weekend, look for these middle pack and these lower teams. They're really fighting for those spots so that if it rains at Coda or it rains at Charlotte, their car will be in the field. Ben, what are your thoughts, you know, on this owner owner's points battle? Um, and, 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 you know, do you think this is really good for the sport to have these lower teams fighting for every point, every position? Yeah, it creates an interesting battle. Um, I kind of wish they would allow more cars for, I'm, I don't know if the Xfinity series has charters like the Cup series. I don't think they do, but I kind of wish the all three series would try to get at least 40 entries. Truck series, I guess maybe it's closer to like 30, 36, which I'd be okay with, but I think Xfinity could definitely get away with doing at least 40. So I wish uh, they would consider doing that because then some of these teams wouldn't have to worry about missing the show, even though they're trying to run the full schedule and everything. So that'd be, I guess, my opinion on it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. I think more cars uh, should be allowed because at the end of the day, who's it hurting if these small teams get in and try to make a name for themselves, especially, you know, you, you've got a team like our motorsports who wants to run, you know, this, this third charter uh, and they tried to get Redick in there at Daytona and he just wasn't able to, you know, Jordan Anderson racing, you know, they made this big thing that he would get to go to the Xfinity series to run RCR engines. And he hasn't been able to do that. So I think uh, it, it definitely has been disappointing from a fan standpoint not to see some of these drivers and teams that you think are competitive in when you've got really non-competitive teams racing every single week. Uh, so next up, Cole Custer joins Rick Ware Racing to drive their number 17 Ford in the upcoming NASCAR Xfinity Series race at the Circuit of the Americas. It will be his first um, start since about 2019 uh, in the Xfinity Series Ben, thoughts on Cole Custer joining Rick Ware Racing to drive for Coda? This was a team he made his debut in in 2018. And, and honestly, I think this is, is good because he's trying to get that practice in uh, for the cup race on Sunday at a track that NASCAR has never been to before. Yeah, it's just extra experience. Uh, they are getting practice, but uh, just be able to get more track time and race scenarios is big. So good for him. And I think a couple, I'd imagine we'll hear more announcements possibly. Uh, the next week, if more people are going to be doing the same. Yeah, so some exciting news as we have another driver coming over from a different uh, form of motorsport. Uh, reigning Rolex 24 LMP2 champion and Asian Le Mans Series Pro-Am champion, Kyle Tilly will compete in four NASCAR Cup Series races for Live Fast Motorsports in the Cup Series. That is the 78. He'll make his debut in the upcoming race at the Circuit of the Americas. He'll also drive at Road America, Watkins Glen, and the Indianapolis Road Course. Uh, ben, for me, this is really exciting news as uh, J.J. Yaley will join our motorsports for two NASCAR Xfinity Series races this season with his first one coming in the number 23 car this weekend at Dover. So, you know, this is, this is pretty cool. J.J. Yaley will drive at Dover as well as the Charlotte Roval in October. Ben, I'm a big fan of J.J. Yaley back when he ran at Joe Gibbs. What are your thoughts and expectations for him as he gets into, I would say, some pretty uh, competitive equipment for our motorsports in that 23 car? Good to see Yaley get the nod. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely better equipment than he's kind of been driving the past several years. So it's uh, good for him to be doing that. So uh, Next up, Ben, we talked about this before the show. Not really uh, surprising news. Uh, Texas Motor Speedway President Eddie Gossage will retire following this year's NASCAR All-Star Race. So he will step down as the president of the Speedway. Uh, ben, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's been the president there for, I want to say, like 14 or 15 years. So he always does a, a good job of running the races and, and really being out there on social media to track the most attention that they can. But uh, uh, we'll have to see who fills that role in the future. Yeah, so next up, some pretty exciting news for GMS. You know, we talked about it last week. Rafael Lazar is out of the 24. So GMS is trying to find drivers to fill that seat. Ryan Reed ran it at Darlington, and it will be Jack Wood at Coda in Charlotte. Uh, so he is the uh, ARCA Series driver for GMS. So he'll get behind uh, the wheel of the 24. Last driver to get behind the wheel of the 24, that was a GMS ARCA driver, was Sam Mayer. So will Jack Wood be able to follow in the footsteps and get a win and one of his first starts with the team. Ben, thoughts for Jack Wood. Can he duplicate Sam Mayer's success? Uh, I think it'll be tough if he's never been to Coda. Uh, not, I mean, none of the NASCAR drivers have really been there in stock cars, obviously. So it'll be a challenge. Um, it'll be nice to actually have practice so he's not just getting thrown out on the racetrack, but we'll see how he does. Uh, so next up, we were talking about the owner's points battle, um, and uh, Jordan Anderson Racing has tapped Tyler Reddick to run Coda in the 31 in the Xfinity Series. Ben, once again, much like Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick is trying to get some practice in before that cup race on Sunday at Coda. He's going to run in the Xfinity Series race. Ben, thoughts for Tyler Reddick, Jordan Anderson Racing trying to make their first race as Daytona, they were unable to qualify due to rain. Do you think Tyler Reddick uh, will get some much-needed practice as well as maybe a win for the young Jordan Anderson racing team? I think he'll be able to definitely get the car in the show. I'm not sure how well they're going to do and what kind of equipment they have. But, yeah, just another guy trying to get more experience for a uh, track they haven't been to. Yeah, so some exciting news for NASCAR fans. Uh, it was. It has been reported that uh, the following tracks, Daytona, Kansas, Darlington, and last week we mentioned Atlanta, will be full capacity for their second races uh, in the season. Ben, thoughts on this? Fans are going to be able to come back to watch NASCAR races at 100% capacity. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty exciting to see stuff starting to look back normal. Uh, the CDC just announced... Um, about the mask mandate and, uh, you know, it uh, looks like people that do have the vaccination can uh, do activities and be inside without wearing masks. So that's awesome to see. And I, I know NASCAR just let up about having masks outdoor and everything. Um, so, yeah, it's exciting to see stuff re slowly return to normal. Uh, yeah, so let's uh, move from NASCAR into the F1 and IndyCar scene, especially F1. Uh, let's go back to the track in Barcelona. Uh, we, we talked about it before the show started, Ben. Lewis Hamilton played some great strategy. 
we alluded to it in our intro, but, man, we're, we're going to talk about it. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, uh, it did not seem like he was going to come out and win that race in Spain as Max Verstappen once again got out in the lead, dominated the race, and Max Verstappen was in front of Hamilton. Hamilton started to catch him on old tires. They were halfway through the race when all of a sudden, Lewis Hamilton goes down pit road, pretty much catching the Red Bull team as well as the Red Bull driver off guard. He comes and gets some new tires, gives up some position, but he feels like he can catch uh, Max Verstappen in his Mercedes. And you think that Max is going to come down the next lap. Oh, he's going to get tires. He'll still be out of in front of Hamilton. Max doesn't. Red Bull keeps him out. And later on in the race, on lap 61 of 66, Lewis Hamilton gets around Max Verstappen and drives off into the sunset to win that race. Uh, ben, what does Max need to do to finish the job to get these wins? He wants to take that next step, but to do so, he's gotten a best of seven-time champ. Yeah, it's tough trying to compete with Mercedes. Obviously, they have great drivers, but uh, their strategy is always one step ahead of everybody, so... I put this more on Christian Horner to make aggressive calls because Max can definitely take that. Um, I don't know if they can really apply the same reason to signs, but uh, if they can just keep making aggressive calls and trying to take charge and you know get catch Mercedes on their heels, I think that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah, so let's stay on, on F1. The midfield championship battle has really been heating up. Uh, which is great. I know we're only a couple races in, but, you know, this is going to be exciting to follow as the season goes on. You've got McLaren, who sits third in the Constructors' Cup. Ferrari looks really good. They look really strong. They've got cars in the points. Uh, Alpine has come out of nowhere, really, to get uh, Ocon and uh, Alonso in the points. Um, you'll have Aston Martin. Can they pick it up? Um, you know, you have some really good teams here, as well as, you know, AlphaTauri that are really fighting. Ben, what are your thoughts on this midfield championship battle? And do you think it'll only get better as time goes on? Yeah, I think it's it's always exciting to see kind of who is maybe the fourth, fifth, sixth best team throughout the season. I'm excited to see where Alpine's going to go. Um, kind of like you said, they kind of slow starts the season, but... Um, we'll see if Fernando can kind of maybe recuperate some of his old magic and everything. Um, love to see if Pierre can continue to put on a good show, if he can get another win this year. Um, can Kimmy put something together over Alpha? Um, I think uh, that'll be something we'll have to watch for. Yeah, so uh, talking about Alpha Romeo, uh, they tested the 18-inch 2022 prototype Pirelli tires uh, the other day, which is pretty cool. The tires look nice on the car and they will be used next season so let's move away from f1 to this weekend uh indycar is back at indianapolis not for the indy 500 but rather for a race on the indy road course uh so ben five things that indycar has said we need to watch for this weekend of course first off is additions to the entry list juan pablo montoya and charlie kimball will be in the field this weekend. Juan Pablo Montoya will drive the number 86 uh, for Aero McLaren, while Charlie Kimball will drive the AJ Fort Racing number 11 this weekend. Ben, thoughts on this? Juan Pablo Montoya, former Indy 500 champion, is back. And Charlie Kimball, 
will look to uh, get it going. One of the young superstars uh, will look to uh, make one of his rare starts worth it. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for Juan to be back in. He's going to be also running the 500. So just kind of trying to get some seat time uh, kind of hold for the whole month of May. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, Charlie Kimball kind of been a subpar IndyCar driver in the past, but I think he'll be also running the 500. So AJ Foyt. So let's see if he'll be able to make the show. Yeah, so, so moving on to some of the favorites. Uh, of course, you know, you've got to think Will Power, who won one of the races here last year uh, in the number 12 for Penske. Joseph Newgarden, who won one of the other three races uh, in the number two. Of course, Scott Dixon, who won a race in the number nine. But you got to look at, you know, Simon Pagno, especially Graham Rahal after his strong performance at Texas. Renus VK who has been off to a really good start. And, of course, he was a pole winner last year at one of these races. Uh, and Felix Rosenquist in the number seven, uh, he took the top spot in 2019 uh, in the GMR Grand Prix. So, Ben, thoughts on this. Who do you think is the person to beat? Is it Power, New Garden, Dixon, maybe Pashna? Who is the driver to beat this weekend at the Indy Road Course? Uh, like you said, I think it's going to be those three. Um, I think you got to look at Colton Herta. He's always good at the road courses. Um, Renus VK, Pat Ward. I think he can start getting hot if he uh, goes on a roll. Can't forget about Alex Pillow. Uh, he's um, obviously won the first race of the season. Um, I'm excited to see if Romain Grosjean can continue to have a strong run. Uh, maybe get another top 10. Marcus Erickson, if he's going to come out of a shell a little bit more this season. So... Uh, continue to look forward to the cover of the season. Yeah, next up, let, you know, let's talk about these young stars that have really taken over the sport this season. You brought up one Alex Pillow in the number 10 uh, for Chip Ganassi Racing. Uh, you know, Colt Herta uh, will look to have another great run uh, at the Indy Road Course in the number 26. And Pato O'Ward, who's coming off a win at Texas in the number 5 for Aero McLaren. Ben, uh, you know, what are your expectations for drivers like Pillow and Herta, do you think that some of these young talent will be up front uh, racing for another win at the Indy Road Course this weekend? Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, I think Herta is probably the best young talent in IndyCar right now. He just didn't really have a good start to the season, but, I mean, once he's just kind of involved in some crashes and some mechanical failures, but I think I think he's really going to take over IndyCar in the next few years. Um Comes from a long line of racing. Uh, obviously, his dad, Brian Herta, uh, well-known open-wheel racer and sports car racer. So he's probably my favorite uh, kid I'm kind of watching throughout the IndyCar, and he'll definitely – I can see him being a future champion. So also some other drivers to look at is uh, Jimmy Johnson making his first start in the IndyCar, uh, IndyCar at the Indy Road Course. Uh, ben, you mentioned Romain Grosjean, who has had – his first two races were – really good. Uh, he'll be here at the Indy Road Course. Scott McLaughlin, who had a second-place finish in the first race at Texas and finished in the top 10 in the second race, looked to continue his hot streak, as well as Mayor Shank Racing's Jack Harvey in the number 60. Uh, man, he's made his presence felt. Uh, he did that in the Texas doubleheader. He finished seventh in race one. I was running fourth in race two when a mechanical error knocked him out of the race. Uh, so Jack Harvey has had a really good season, Ben. Do you think that the Indy Road Course is what he needs to get back on track after that mechanical failure uh, in Texas? 
Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have to see. He actually finished third here a few years ago. So um, he's definitely got the confidence coming into here. And uh, we'll have to see. I mean, if a good run here can set you up good for the 500. So, man, I'm going to run down some names for you. What do Sebastian Bourdais, Alexander Rossi, Ryan Hunter Ray, and James Hinchcliffe need this weekend at Indianapolis? Got any guesses? Um, I think with Bourdais, he uh, he's he has the pace, just um, isn't getting the finishes. Um, he's always really good at the road courses, not so much at the oval. Um, did you mention Rossi as well? Yes, yeah, Alexander Rossi. Yeah, he just he needs to find something. Uh, it's just been such a bad season for him. I mean, he's fifteenth in points. He's uh, eighty-eight points behind Dixon's lead. So. I mean, a win here can definitely, you know, put on a good campaign. He, I mean, he's a former Indy 500 champion, so getting a win in the GP can set you up good for the rest of May. So um, I'm just kind of waiting for Andretti Autosport to kind of get their second car rolling. We know Colton Herta already won. He's kind of leading the team right now, so Rossi definitely needs to step that up. Um, Ryan Hunter Ray uh, just really hasn't been too much of an impact in any of these races the past few years. Um, he's a former champ, so I mean you can't count him out. James Hinchcliffe, um, finally good and some good equipment this year with Andretti. Um, I think he also needs to step it up along with Rossi. Um, experienced veteran like him needs to show that he continues to belong in the sport. Okay, so you said all that. You were pretty right. All four of those drivers need some resurgence if they want to you know, be a contender for the title. What better place to do it at Indianapolis? Ben, you hit it right on, uh, hit the nail right on the coffin, right? You said they need to step up. All four of those drivers need that. So you knew what direction I was going there. Like I said, great minds think alike. But, yeah, Ben, you're so right. Bordes, who was running well in the first race at Texas, uh, crashed. He crashed in the second race. Rossi has been, for the last two years, up and down. Ryan Hunter Race had a terrible start. Same with James Hinchcliffe. So those are the five things you need to watch at Indianapolis this weekend. But Ben, let's move into the show wrap up. We'll give our picks for the races this weekend. But before we do that, a little update on our picks. Ben has five picks correct, and I have three. Starting to get in a little bit of a hole. He got Lewis Hamilton at the Spanish GP. Correct. So, Ben, I'm going to give you the four first three races this weekend. Xfinity Cup, IndyCar, who's your pick for Xfinity? So, we're at the Monster Mile in Dover. It's got a lot of character, old surface. Um, I'm going to go with Harrison Burton, get his first win of the year. Yeah, I'm going to go with Noah Gragson. I've picked him multiple times this season. We were sitting here talking before the show. I was saying, who am I going to pick? Just deep down in my gut, I feel Noah Gragson's going to get it done. He raced here uh, well here last year, so I think he'll do it again. And up next for the Cup Series, uh, I'm going to go with a guy that maybe should have won it at Atlanta but burnt his stuff up. Um, he's going to find that high line as this race goes on. It's low horsepower, a rough surface. Kyle Larson's going to get it done second one of the season. Yeah, I'm going to go with... The number nine machine, once again, I think Chase Elliott gets a go, but he's won at this track before. It's a track he's been competitive at in the past. He desperately needs something to go right for that team. I think he gets back on track, and the number nine goes to victory lane in the cup race. 
That's a good pick, yeah. I mean, just he hasn't won at all this year, and he's the only Hendrick car to not win. So I could see Dover, you know, places going to turn around. But for our final pick, uh, we're going to be going to IndyCar, like we were talking about before, the Indy GP. I am going to go with a guy that won one of the three races last year, Will Power. Yeah, I'm going to go with a driver that has not won uh, a previous race at Indianapolis. I'm going to go Graham Raypaul. I think he had a really good run at Texas. He ran up front. He led some laps. He knows how that feels. I think he's hungry to feel that again. Graham Raypaul wins in number 15 for Raypaul Letterman Lanigan Racing. So, Ben, any final words before we sign off? I'm just looking forward to more racing, and uh, the season continues to wind up, but also wind down as the playoffs are growing near. Drivers need to find wins in the Cup Series. A lot of notable guys just haven't won yet, so Dover could turn it around. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for tuning in. We will talk to y'all next time. This has been an episode of the Berman Down Racing Podcast. Thanks so much. See you next time.